Okay. Right. So as I said earlier, we're going to be finishing our series today that we've been looking at on prayer. And we've considered different topics. Our aim was to try and broaden your thinking about what prayer involves in these last few weeks. So we have done a lot of it based on the Lord's Prayer and some of the points that we could draw out from that. We looked at adoration and vision. We looked at prayer being about asking as well as listening. And then last week, David, uh, along with Sergey, you might remember those of you here, those matches about praying together and the power of corporate prayer. So today, as we finish, we're going to be looking at being still, which very much brings us back to our key verse for the year, Psalm 46, verse 10, to be still and know that I am God. I don't know about you, but although we've had this key verse now for 2019 and and into 2020, I am still learning to be still. I feel I've got much to grow in this area. And I'm trying different things out. I'm trying to make decisions on a regular basis, on a daily basis, just to take time to be still and know that God is God. But it's hard, isn't it? Because life is busy. And what I wanted to do, in particular when we think about prayer, is to take the five areas we've done so far in this series and look at what being still means for those areas. So as a way of recapping what we've done, but also to help you to see that being still plays a vital role in these different aspects of prayer that we have considered so far. So Father, I pray that you just help us right now as we spend a few minutes considering being still. Lord, I pray you'd reveal something of who you are as we do that. And even as we take moments to be still, you would speak to us. Show us more of who you are. Show us more of who we are in you. Yeah, Lord, I pray. Inspire us, challenge us, provoke us to be people who regularly draw aside, just as you did, Jesus, when you walked this earth. Regularly drawing aside to be with the Father. We ask this in your name. Amen. So, in terms of being still, first of all, being still helps us with our adoration of God. It enables us to see more clearly, to get close to him. You might remember when when I set out the beginning of the year, the vision for the year, I flagged up different things that can stop us seeing clearly. And I think for many of us, busyness is something that, busyness is just something that stops us from seeing God clearly. Whereas if we be still, if we make a conscious decision to slow down, it enables us to focus on God, focus on the things that are important. Our understanding of just how big God is begins to expand as we pause to contemplate, to meditate, to think about and dwell on who God is. You know, maybe that might look like just stopping on a particular verse or a part of a verse and thinking about it, meditating on it. I'll show you what that might look like. I've, there was a verse, in fact, it was a verse a little bit later in the psalm that Sam read earlier. Sam read from Psalm 133, that bit about God removing our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Well, a few verses later on in that, it has this verse. Oh, if we can have the slides going up there, Anil, please. Uh, skip a bit further forward, keep going. 
Psalm 103, there we go, brilliant. So there's this verse here. Some of you might have come across it before. I was reading it in my daily uh, time with God this week. It says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Now, I don't know about you, but often when I'm reading the Bible, I'll just read over a verse and move on and maybe read a few more verses. I might briefly think about it, but then there's other things going on in my life. There's things that happen. But one way of slowing down and using stillness to build our adoration and to pray adoration is to, is to pause on a verse like this, a simple verse, and take it in chunks and slow down. So, the Lord... The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. The Lord, the King of kings. The one who reigns over everything. The master, the God almighty. Beyond comparison. The Lord has established his throne. He's set it up. He's built it. It's a firm foundation. His throne is there. It's established it's done, it's in the past tense. And what a throne. I mean, maybe pause for a moment and consider what might the throne for the King of Kings look like? You know, we've all seen thrones in different situations. Maybe we've seen videos of, of, of our queen sat on a throne. But what might the throne for the King of Kings look like? You know, God's given us an imagination. Why not use it to explore and to, and to use it to bring honour to him. How big must the throne for the King of Kings be? What would it be built from? The design, the construction of this. Slowing down, considering some of these individual words within one verse. So the Lord has established his throne and where is it? It's in heaven. Far removed from us, far removed from fallen, sin-filled earth. He is in heaven. He sat enthroned. And his kingdom, his kingdom, his reign, his power, his authority, his dominion, his might, his kingdom that is ever-increasing. His kingdom rules over all. It's above, beyond, without contest. There's nothing that comes close. His kingdom rules over all, all things, everything. There's nothing that God's kingdom doesn't rule over. That means your finances. His kingdom is over your relationships. It's over your job, your career prospects, your health. It's over governments and rulers. It's over nations. It's over coronavirus. It's over cancer. It's over war. It's over death itself. You name it, his kingdom rules over it. Now what we've just done there in a very short time is we've just paused and dwelt upon a verse. That's the sort of thing we can do in being still to build our adoration of our king. You know, we can take a verse like that that probably takes 10 seconds to read and ponder it, dwell on it, meditate on it 
And still we're not really encroaching into our busy, busy lives that, you know, but it just enables us. And from there, wow, you could, you could just go into worship, couldn't you? You know, there might even be, as you're going through that, worship songs that come to mind that have those sorts of words around it. Or you could pray it back to God. Thank you that you are Lord of all, that your kingdom is above everything, that no matter whatever I might encounter, you are above it all. So we can be still as a means to lead to greater adoration for our king. Secondly, in terms of vision, this is where we went next in this series. We were looking at vision and we looked at the bit in the Lord's Prayer that says, your kingdom come, your will be done. You know, if we take time to be still, we get to know more about who God is and who we are in Christ. And we get his perspective on things. And how helpful is that? We get to, we get to ponder and, and to have fresh revelation, fresh understanding that actually we're not God. And what a relief it is that I'm not God, I can tell you. But that God is God. And whatever it is, and we, many of us, you know, all sorts of us have different worries and concerns, real things we have to face but getting God's perspective enables us to face them with more confidence, not in ourselves, but because we know God is with us. Max Licardo, I've mentioned this book before, before our men, he talks about this idea of, of taking time to be still, get God's vision, get his perspective on things. And he puts it like this. Here's how it works. It's a Monday morning. The alarm clock lives up to its name. Clang, clang, clang. You groan, roll over and sit up. In the old days, you would have made the coffee, turned on the news and begun your day with a briefing on the toxic problems in the world. But today, you turn to the pocket prayer, which is a prayer he outlines in this book. Still half asleep, you take your coffee and you lumber towards a chair and you take a seat. You don't look like much. Face pillow creased, hair smashed, no matter. You haven't come to look at you You've come to look at God, Father, my Daddy. The words come slowly at first, but you stay at it. You are good. Your heart is good. Your ways are right. The words stir you. Something within begins to awaken. The weather is bad. The economy is bad. But God, you are awesome. Don't underestimate the power of this moment. You just open the door to God and welcome truth to enter your heart. Faith sneaked in while despair was dozing. Who knows, you might start to worship. Father, you are good, good enough to love me, care for me and come for me. You are good, an arch of your eyebrow and a million angels will pivot and salute. Every throne is a footstool to yours. Every crown is paper mache to yours. You have no questions, second thoughts or backward glances. You consult no clock. You keep no calendar. You report to no one. You are good. Is your world different because you prayed? In one sense, no. Wars still rage, traffic still clogs, and heartbreakers still roam the world. But you are different. You have peace. You have peace. Taking a moment to be still, 
to get God's perspective, God's vision on things. It changes us. We're reminded that we have peace with God and we can have peace within ourselves. Being still enables us to know who God is and who we are in order to face whatever life might bring before us, whatever challenges might come up. Thirdly, being still enables us to ask. That was the next area we looked at when we were going through this series, asking. You know, being still, it gives us that time and that space to ask God for what it is we need. You remember James 4 verse 2, it says, you do not have because you do not ask God. James is very straightforward with it. You don't have because you're not asking God. And many of us are simply too busy worrying or trying to sort things out under our own strength to actually be still and ask. So if we build these rhythms of being still, it gives us the opportunity, that space, to think, well, what is it I actually need? What is it I'm trying to do but getting nowhere? I came across a great poem in Manjit's house the other week when I popped round. If we can have it up on the screen. It's called The Difference. I got up early one morning and rushed right into the day. I had so much to accomplish that I didn't have time to pray. Problems just tumbled about me and heavier came each task. Why doesn't God help me, I wondered. He answered, you didn't ask. I wanted to see joy and beauty, but the day toiled on grey and bleak. And haven't we had a few of those recently? I wondered why God didn't show me, he said. But you didn't ask, you didn't seek. I tried to come into God's presence. I used all my keys at the lock. God gently and lovingly chided. My child, you didn't knock. I woke up early this morning and paused before entering the day. I had so much to accomplish that I had to take time to pray. Being still enables us to have time to ask. And God loves to answer. He loves to answer. But if we don't ask, as it says in James, how can we say we haven't got what we want or need? Fourthly, being still enables us to listen. This is something David was talking about a couple of weeks ago, listening. Enables us to hear God's response to things we've asked and to hear his guidance. Psalm 37 verse 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently. Silence is an aspect of being still. Now, being still doesn't mean you always have to be silent, but I think it is a part of it. Just to stop, to be still. If someone once said to me that, I think it was when I was teaching and something we say to the children, certainly, but it's valid to us, you know, God's made us with two ears and one mouth. On that ratio, we should be listening twice as much as we speak. Most of us get it the wrong way around, don't we? We need to stop and listen so that we can hear God's guidance to be still. Nicky Gumbel in Bible in One Year, I came across this 
a month or so ago. He says this, suppose I go to the doctor and say, doctor, I have lots of problems. I have a twist in my knee, my eyes itch, my finger is swollen, I have a backache. Then having got through all my lists of complaints, I look at my watch and say, goodness me, time is getting on, I must be off. The doctor might say, hang on, do you not want to hear what I have to say? If we only speak to God and never take time to listen, we make the same mistake. We do all the talking and we don't actually listen to him. But our relationship with God is meant to be a two-way conversation. When I'm praying, I find it helpful to write down thoughts that come into my mind that may come from the Spirit of God. In a media-saturated age, we have many voices that come to us on TV, radio, the internet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, emails, and text message. We have the voices of family, friends, and colleagues. And sometimes we have the voice of Satan tempting us to disbelieve God's word and to doubt that God has our best interests at heart. And then he asks, how do you hear the voice of God in the midst of the noise and distractions of life? I would say, by consciously being still, pausing. Sometimes we need to make sure that our words are few because God is God in heaven and we want to make sure we have time to hear him. And the final aspect of prayer then was last week looking at praying together. And I think actually being still has a place when we're praying together as well. And for those of you who came to our January prayer meetings um, a few months ago, obviously it's January it would be, um, we had a lot of time just being still. Without a particular agenda of pressing through various prayer points, we were just still before God. And some of it was music playing, sometimes it was silent. And I think that's important. Now, the thing is, when we're in a group, it can feel a little bit awkward having those silences. But I think the benefits when we persevere are incredible. We have to resist the temptation to rush in to be the person to fill that silence with with saying something. But it can be so helpful together just to be still and pause before God. On Tuesday, we did this in our community group, actually. We had... We had a prayer evening and we worked through the the classic acronym that many of you may have come across, ACTS, Adoration, Confession, Thanks and Supplication. But I added an extra S and we we were still before God, we were silent. And we didn't do it for a long time, just a few minutes, but in that time, God spoke. He spoke powerfully to Ange, actually, which then Ange was able to relay onto the rest of us how she saw God's hand just coming down over us and us being able to reach out to hold his hand in different difficult situations. He was there. It was a reassurance. Now, I don't think if we had kept going and just chatting and praying and you know, all good stuff, but if we hadn't actually paused to be still, we would have missed that. We're going to just do that right now. We're going to pause. I've talked. You've been listening, hopefully. We're just going to stop and be still. We're not going to have any music. We're just going to be still. And and it'll probably feel a bit awkward. But just ask God now, what do you want to say to me right now? Is there something that you would want me to hear? Maybe he wants to come and affirm you. Maybe he wants to come and encourage you. Maybe he's got a challenge for you. Maybe he's going to give you something to pass on to someone else over coffee time or later in the week. But let's just pause and be still. 
give God the chance to be heard. Amen. Now, I, I trust that God was saying things to different people. One of the things that I felt, and for all of us, really, just during that time, was God looking at you, each one of us, all of you, me, and reminding that he loves us, he cherishes us, he actually enjoys spending time with you. He enjoys spending time with you. Yeah, he enjoys spending time with the person next to you, but he enjoys spending time with you. And he made me think about interactions I have with people, family members, my children, but also friends. And sometimes you have those, those times where someone pops in to see you you sat in the lounge or in the workplace or whatever, someone pops in and it's very much business kind of, oh, let me just ask you about this. Oh, yeah, but fine. And as soon as whatever has been done, they're gone again. And if you know them really well and they're, you know, family or friends, you don't just want that interaction at the business level. But you, oh, yeah, that, that was okay, but can you just linger a little bit and let's engage with one another? And if you know them really well, it might be like, you know, when my kids just, Come in and want, want something, but then leave. I'm like, just stay for a little bit. Let's have a hug. 
And in that moment of stillness, I felt that it was a, a calling that God was saying, he loves and cherishes you. And yeah, he loves it when you talk to him about business stuff, needs and things. But he would say, just linger that little bit longer with me because I delight in you. I want to spend time with you. Now, years ago, we had a lady in our church, many of us know, a lady called Hiromi. And during a worship time, she was just jumping up and down, beaming. And she said, I'm doing this because God's revealed to me. He doesn't just love me, but he likes me. And he says that over each one of you. Yes, he loves you, but he likes you too. It's good to be still before our God. Gives him an opportunity to speak. Gives us an opportunity to adore him, to get fresh perspective, his vision. Opportunity to ask and to listen and also to do it together. So the last thing I wanted to look at, that's all very well, but how do we go about doing that? Let's get practical. I want to just give you a few suggestions of how we can be still before God in our prayer. So first of all, I would say we need to set regular rhythms. It's so easy. Life can just happen. It can feel like it's just going on. But we need to make the decision to set regular rhythms. Luke 5 verse 16 said, says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. It was a regular thing he did. He often did it. Jesus withdrew to be with the Father. You know, he did it for all sorts of reasons. We, get, we find in different, different passages throughout the Gospels, he did it to prepare for a major task. He did it to recharge after hard work. He would draw aside to be refreshed and restored by his Father. He did it to work through grief. He did it before making an important decision. He wanted to make sure he had the Father's guidance. He did it in time of distress. You remember in the Garden of Gethsemane that we're kind of coming up to remembering at Easter and, and uh, Monday, Thursday. He cried out to Father. He withdrew. It was a regular rhythm he had, regularly drawing aside. Mark 1.35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. For Jesus... He chose very early in the morning. Now, it doesn't really matter when. It could be morning, afternoon, evening. For different ones of us, different things will work better. The point is setting some regular time. For me, I found morning works. So I get up, I get my breakfast, and I go back to bed with my, my um, Bible apps. And at the moment, I'm using Bible in one year, the Nicky Gumbel one. And I'm also using Lectio 365, which I've, I've mentioned before. And what I'm doing with both of them, this is again, this is a response and the God challenged, to, God challenged me at the beginning of the year. I passed on to you as spending time with him. You know, those, those apps, I could read them and the Bible in one year, if I just read it, it'd probably take me about 15 minutes to read the Bible passages and the commentary, the, the, the thoughts that Nicky Gumbel shares. But if I listen to it, and to be honest, you know, they're nice voices. Nicky Gumbel and David Suchet have got very listenable voices, so it's very pleasant. But it actually slows me down and takes probably half an hour rather than 15 minutes. And similarly, with the Lectio 365, which is prayer based on scriptures and praying them back, if I read it, I could probably read it in about four minutes. 
but if I use the audio, it has pauses built in. And it actually, although it says pause and pray, it's very tempting if you're just reading it, just skim over them. But, but for doing it, it just slows you down. And it's just something that I found helpful. It's a way that I've built in and I've kind of adapted. The other thing God challenged me just, just this last week, so many a week in, you know, I would often do my, um, I'd have my routine, drop the kids to school, and then I'd go to the church offices and start work as soon as I got there. And I'd often get there about quarter past eight, half past eight, and just start checking emails and doing stuff. God said, give me that little bit longer. Give me that little bit longer. So for me, and I know it's different, everyone has different pressures, but for me, I'm making a conscious decision not to start any active work until nine. I'll be in the office, but just to spend that little bit longer, to be still, worship, pray, and then I can start on my to-do list and things. And it's hard, because I'm a doer. I love working through my to-do list. If you're like me, you could always put worship and pray as one of your activities on your to-do list. Then you feel like, yeah, you're doing your to-do list and you're still spending time with God. He knows the way we're wired. But that's just for me. I would say for all of us, we need to look at our lives and look at how we can build in those regular times that are sustainable and manageable and life-giving. And obviously, at different points in different stages of our lives, we might need to review and think, okay, that, that worked for then, but now there's this going on in my life. I've got a different job, or I've, I've got married, I've got kids, whatever, different situations. I, get, I, get, I, I, I struggle to get up in the morning. Okay, well, why not the afternoon then? There's, there's not a set time, it's just the idea of having that regular time to be still. Secondly, remove distractions. So first of all, set regular rhythms. Secondly, remove distractions. We talked about this before as well. You know, it's so, with so much around us, and as Nicky Gumbel in his Bible in the Ear, the quote that I read you earlier, there's so many voices clamoring for our attention. We need to make sure we remove distractions. And there's lots. You know, it's like if you're in a really busy, um, I don't know, room and you get a phone call. You can't possibly hear the other person who's phoning you when you're in such a noisy environment. You have to sort of step outside and so you'll go to somewhere quieter so you can actually hear what they're saying. And I think sometimes with God, we need to be like that. We need to make a conscious decision to, to keep away from the other things, to turn off notifications. So easy, especially if you are using a kind of an app on your phone to, to read the Bible or something. Other things, you know, WhatsApp or text pop up and all of a sudden, oh, I'll just check that out and you're off. Now maybe, if that's the case, dare I say it, a paper copy of the Bible might be more helpful because you don't get the pop-ups coming up as you're doing that. You know, we're told Jesus got up, he left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. For some of us, we might need to do that. We might need to get out somewhere. If if our home environment is so busy and so much going on, then we might need to go out. But for others, maybe there is a time or a place that we can do that. It might be you find it helpful to go out and walk. And actually, for me, I love that. I I like to get out in nature and, and seeing creation, like we were singing about earlier, draws me to God. Or sitting in a quiet room with just one candle burning, just looking at the candle. You know, maybe in a group setting, maybe you find it distracting here in church on a Sunday morning and there's so much going on around you, maybe you need to shut your eyes and just focus on God. 
Find what works for you to remove and minimise those distractions. And finally, grab other opportunities. Grab other opportunities. So set regular rhythms, remove distractions, and grab other opportunities. So for me, again, on the back of kind of wanting to spend more time with God, and I know not everyone has this luxury, but I've decided that I'm going to give one day a month where I don't book in lots of meetings, I don't book in to do admin stuff, and I'm just drawing aside. So I've got, I'm doing a retreat again this Tuesday. I don't have an agenda. It's looking at opportunities, looking at how we can work things in our lives. Also grabbing just pauses throughout the day. You know, just 10, 20 seconds and stop. It might be having a verse like we looked at earlier and having that in your pocket written out or something and you just draw it out. Or a little reminder on your phone just to beep, to stop and pause. Here's an idea. Cues. Anyone like waiting and queuing? Anyone like standing, waiting for something to happen? Whether it's in the shopping or when you're doing your shopping or whatever it might be. Yeah, not many of us like cues. We get frustrated. But how about we use times like that where we have to stop and we're waiting and use them to be still before God? You're there anyway. You're getting frustrated. Why not instead spend a few minutes just, hang on a minute, let's be still and know that God is God. Let me take a moment. I can't go anywhere. I'm queuing up to send my parcel or whatever it might be. You know, or maybe there's other times where we've been forced to stop. We haven't wanted to. We've not planned to. But the bad weather's meant we can't go out or something we were planning to do has been cancelled. Or we're having to self-isolate. <laughs> Might have to. For me, if I have to do that, those two weeks are going to be really hard. But why not? Instead, as Joanna was saying, actually, she's grabbing the opportunity. She's had these enforced things Turn it round. Let's redeem them. Instead of giving in to frustration, use it instead as an opportunity to be thankful for the bonus time you get to spend with the Father. So be still enables us to access some of these different areas of prayer we've looked at in the last few weeks. Set regular rhythms. Let's remove distractions and grab other opportunities as we go along. You know, a lot of this series, we've spent looking at the Lord's Prayer. Well, that's where we based it on. And uh, a couple of times, you all know that what David has played us the very classic Andrea Bocelli version of the Lord's Prayer. And what I wanted us to do today was to watch a very different form of the Lord's Prayer. We're going to watch a Swahili version called Baba Yetu. I have got the translation up as well for those of you like me, who doesn't speak Swahili. But we're going to use it as an opportunity to be still. and let Because the words, but the music particularly, I find just so stirring. It's, we're going to spend a moment to be still again. And in order to do that, I came across a prayer for stillness when I was putting this together. And I thought we'd pray this together and then watch the video. So if we can have the words of this prayer. Let's say this together. O Lord, you know my heart better than I know it myself. You know my struggles, and you hold each hope and fear in your caring hands. Teach me, Lord, to be still and to know that you are God. 
You are in your holy temple. Let all the earth, including my mind and heart, be silent before you, resting in your sovereignty. Like Elijah, teach me to wait for your still, small voice and quiet the earthquakes and blazing fires in my life. Replace my restless doing with inner calm and help me, like Mary, to sit at your feet in quiet adoration, even if there are a million things clamoring for my attention. Just as you spoke over the raging sea and storms, so speak over my heart your shalom. Peace, be still, you said to them, and immediately they quieted. Teach my heart to cease striving and to know, to have an intimate and deep personal first-hand experience that you are God. Help me cultivate a quiet heart like a baby content in its mother's arms, no longer coming to you with a gimme spirit, but instead calmly nestling against your heart. Help me find quietness and happiness in intimate communion with you. You will be exalted over all the earth and you've got the details of my day covered. I can rest in you. Amen. Ayule, o 
Father, we thank you for your incredible love towards us. We thank you that you not only love us, but you like us. You want to spend time with us. And I pray that you would, you would just help us to regularly be still and know that you are God. Teach us more about who you are, who we are in you. Give us your perspective on things. Help us to be sons and daughters who regularly ask the Father for things, but also pause to hear your response, to see your response, to know your guidance. Lead us forward, we pray. Amen. Amen.